Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. But it's important that we command influence, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it later, but command actually means to take your place of authority, to take a position of authority. So when we command influence, we're taking our authority that's been given to us. And so, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about how we have a responsibility as believers to extend the life that we've been given. Thank you, Father. So if we're going to command influence, we must understand this truth that we've been created we be, and we've been designed to function as a vessel. So it's actually part of our creation DNA. It's part of our spiritual DNA to be or to function as a vessel. So when God created man, he designed him to function as a vessel. As a vessel. It's part of our design. Say it's part of my design. So in scripture, we are called to be vessels or we're called vessels. Second Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure, say treasure, in earthen vessels that the excellence of power may be of God and not of us. So what are we called? Vessels. And what's inside of us? Treasure. And that treasure is actually the light of God. It's his glory. It's his power. And it would overflow so much that, we would, that people would see that it's him and not us. Isn't that powerful? 2 Timothy 2, 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So this same concept, uh, the same concept is also in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Or do you not know that your body, say body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? So isn't this the same concept that we're a vessel and that our body actually holds the Holy Spirit? Whom you have from God and you are not, yeah, and you are not your own. So, a vessel will hold, it will carry, it will convey, but in this context, it's what are we holding? What are we carrying? What are we conveying? The Holy Spirit. So do you see, even from the very beginning, like a lot of times we think of God's creation of what our body looks like, but he's actually created in us in other ways, like in a supernatural way, in, in like a soulish way that we can actually receive and extend. Um, that we can be filled and we can pour out. In Luke 6, 45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. What's stored up in your heart? So we're vessels. We're actually created to be containers. How many of you like a good, you know, Rubbermaid, you know? We're created to be containers. 
And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So it's basically saying what is inside of us will come out. Thank you, Jesus. But you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, right? Correct? So the earlier, con- the earlier examples referred to believers and the last passage that we just read speaks to all of mankind as a whole. So humankind was designed to function as a vessel. So what is the purpose or what is the function of a vessel? Vessels are designed to hold, to transfer, to carry, to convey, to receive and distribute. So we were designed with this purpose and function in mind. It's interesting that the word of God gives an example of what, well, it talks about the body or the the people of God as a whole as what? As the body, right? And the people of God as vessels, correct? So in the natural, the function of blood vessels are to carry blood throughout the body. Arteries and veins are the largest of blood, largest of the blood vessels. Arteries move blood, which contain oxygen and nutrients to muscles and organs and veins, carrying the blood back to the heart. So blood equals life, right? So it's the responsibility of the vessel to transfer the life to the body. So as a whole, right, the people of God are called the body, and we individually are called the vessels. And what is the responsibility of the vessel? To transfer, to extend life to the rest of the body. Do you see why it's so important in this time, even in a difficult time, to realize that you're a vessel? Thank you, Father. Now that we know that it's part of our design to function as a vessel, how do we correlate that with influence? What does it mean to influence or be influenced? Influence originated from a Latin word that means inflow, which means the act or process of flowing in or into. So you can think of influence in this way. It means to move into place. So generally speaking, for someone to move in, something to move into place, it requires structure. I'm not a farmer, but I kind of understand the basics of farming. If you want water to get to a place that doesn't have water, what do you need? You need an irrigation system, right? So there's a structure put in place so life can actually make it to the crops. How many of you have ever gardened? And you need, you need to get out the hose, right? So you need a channel to get the life to where you want it to go. Same is true for funds, right? Banking system. You need a banking system. You need cash. You need a check. And even information, the internet or a book. How many of you have ever tried and couldn't get Wi-Fi service? The truth is, Wi-Fi is it's here right now. But there wasn't a channel, right? There wasn't a router to get to your device. So do you see how it's so important that influence requires a channel? So how does that apply to kingdom influence? You can see this in Matthew. 
when Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Wow. So what is he saying? Well, we know that it's in heaven and it needs to be on earth. So it needs a channel. It needs a vessel. Are you guys seeing this? So a lot of times we think that verse is like, God, do something. But actually that prayer is, you be the vessel. You be the channel for heaven on earth. Come on. The majority of people will not experience heaven unless they can't encounter a channel of it or a vessel of it. Influence deals with direction, say direction, access, access, and flow. So direction is where is it going and where is it coming from? Access means do I allow access or do I restrict access? Flow is meaning it's not stagnant. It's always moving. Influence is both incoming and outgoing. Every person experiences both receiving and giving influence. The truth is, all the time, at every moment of the day, you're an influencer and you're being influenced. All the time. Whether you realize it or not. So even as I'm preaching right now, I'm a channel or I'm a vessel of what I've received. And then you have an opportunity to either receive it or reject it, right? But it's happening at all times. Influence revolves around this idea. What flows into me, which means I'm being influenced, and what flows from me, I am the influencer. So commanding influence, that's what I'm talking about today. Command means to position, to take a position of authority. So in order to command influence, we must step into our authority. A lot of times we just think the authority of the believer will to cast out demons. It's all true, right? Cast out demons, heal the sick. But what is our greatest authority that we have? To control what is allowed in my vessel and what I extend to the world around me. Come on. So the greatest authority that we have is the power to command ourselves. How much authority can we really walk in if we can't command ourselves? Think about it. You know, a lot of times people, well, where's my place of authority? You know, your greatest authority is right here. What you say goes. Isn't that good? Thank you, Father. So we've been designed to function as a vessel, but it also comes with the responsibility and the authority to steward it. So when we command influence, we are stepping into our God-given authority and responsibility. We are taking our position of authority. And guess what? This whole process is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So our spiritual authority 
is rooted in self-control. It's the beginning of it. It's the essence of authority to control or to command our vessel. Philippians 4.11, not that I I speak in regard to need, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. This is Paul talking here. He's experienced some things, right? What did he say? Whatever state I'm in, whatever's happening around me, I've learned to be content. And what does content mean? Freedom from worry, anxiety, restlessness. It means having a peaceful satisfaction. Paul exercised his authority by commanding his internal reality. Paul exercised his authority by commanding his internal reality. Say it's my vessel. So what's inside of me should never surprise me. What's inside of me, what's inside of you, should never surprise you. Right, because who has authority over it? You do. Well, then how do we take command of influence? Proverbs 4, 23 Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. This is just a little side note, but a lot of times we think guarding your heart means putting up walls. And what I mean by a wall is, in, in essence, it's okay to have walls, okay? Okay? You're like, I'm not sure about this one. It's okay to have walls if you have a gate. Are you guys hearing me? It's okay to have walls if you have a gate. Because a lot of times if we don't have a gate, means nothing good can come in. And then you get so bound up inside that what happens? Explosion happens. <laughs> then you got to jump the wall, Reuben says. So we've been created to receive and extend life. And if we close off life, we'll never be able to extend it. So that when I say guard, it means what it means to guard it. But we also have to have a place and an attitude that I need to allow good to come in. And also one thing great with a gate is if there's something going on inside that's not good, it can be left out. (laughs) Makes sense? So why are we guarding? Why are we watchful? There's two reasons. There could be more, but I only had two of them. There is always incoming influence. It's happening whether we realize it or not both positive and negative. It's happening. Have you ever gone into a room and it was a party and you're like, this is amazing. And you're feeling the energy. Or maybe you go into a situation and you weren't even involved in the situation and you start feeling the weight of it. It's happening at all times. I mean, even when you're in the car and you have the radio on, 
Even without you even realizing it's happening. It's happening all the time. So that's one reason we are called to guard it. The other reason is the incoming influence you allow will directly affect your outgoing influence. Meaning, everything we do as our action is a reflection of what we give access to. How can you, can you see how influence flows? Influence is received, and then it flows from us in action and in word. What did Jesus say? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Influence is always coming. It's always going. It's happening. Influence is happening consciously as well as unconsciously. Can you see why we must take command and authority of that influence? So how do we do that? The first step in how to do it is be aware of it. The first step is to be aware of it. Know that it's happening at all times. Second is to take command or responsibility for it. Meaning you have the power to decide what you give access to. Say my heart. My vessel. Proverbs 4.23, this is in the New Living. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So when I'm saying this, right now I'm just talking about like the general idea of it, but we're in a community of people, right? We believe in influence, receiving and extending life. So I, I know that I'm just kind of laying the foundation, but I'll get into some of that later. But it's so important to really understand the idea that we have power. We actually have authority, what we allow in us. Course correction is simple when you deal with the source. You know what course correction is? That's what, that's a nice Christian way to say discipline, right? We need a course correction right now. That's what happened when I got a paddle. There's a course correction. Oh, oh, okay. There wasn't GPS back then, so we just had to use paddles. So. (laughs) But we'll always be frustrated with behavior modification if we solely focus on our action and not the source. Have you guys ever tried to deal with an issue that you were dealing with and you were only just dealing with the action of it? It doesn't work, does it? Well, how you deal with it is dealing with the source. We have to understand that our behavior, our attitude has a source. This is why it's quick. Let me, let me just say this really quick. I think I've learned like the concept from, from Bill Johnson. I don't actually remember the quote, so I don't want to butcher it. But the idea is that he didn't correct, he didn't discipline his kids' actions. He always disciplined attitude. And I remember hearing that, and I've, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect or anything like that. But, I mean, I really tried to do that with my kids. The thing that I'll address or discipline the most is that attitude behind the issue. Because I realized, hey, listen, 
My kids are young, right? And sometimes actions don't line up. Why? Because they don't know. And so that's why I really find it really important to deal with an attitude about something. And so sometimes, even in their choices, it might be a little thing, but the attitude's big. Well, let's deal with that. Because like I said, every emotion, every behavior, every attitude has a source. So if we can deal with the source, the attitude or, or the, the behavior will change. So what influence am I giving access, access to that reinforces my actions? The reason it's important to take responsibility for the access that you give is because we can have whatever we want. Isn't that the way to freedom? <laughs> I'm free to have whatever I want. And so that's why it's so important to take your position of authority over yourself. And so this message isn't about what you shouldn't, what you shouldn't or should consume. I'm just saying you have authority over your own vessel. Like I said before, what's inside of you should never surprise you. Have you ever wanted to take a break from the news? Uh, there was a time where I was kind of listening to it a lot. And you know what was happening? I was getting angry. So I dealt with the source. I turned it off. <laughs> and so I could be like, you know, let's deal with this anger thing. But I knew what it was from. So I just dealt with the source. You know, this, this might be a funny example, but, you know, pastor, you know, can you pray for me? I, I have this really deep fear. Okay. Jesus, pray for him. And then after that, you kind of connect and you say, you know, um, so what are you up to? Oh, yeah, I'm watching this new series. Oh, what's the series on? Oh, about serial killers. Hey, you can have whatever you want. Hey, there are some people that can watch it and not be affected about it, by it. But I remember one time, you know, I wanted to be in the FBI. And so I, I got this book on serial killers. And one night, one night I woke up, I thought someone was at the window. And I get up at the blinds and rip down the blinds. And then Aaron's like, rub, it's okay, rubbing my back. Guess what? I stopped reading the book after that night. <laughs> Sometimes things are simple, right? Sometimes we overcomplicate things. Could it be we're angry or frustrated or grumpy because we keep on thinking about that past offense? Guess what? You're gonna, your body is going to react to that. or dwelling on your inadequacies and failure and weakness. I mean, I w not that I've never done it, but it would be very difficult to get up and do worship if all week I was thinking of such a failure that I was, or inadequate, or 
this isn't good enough or this is better or I'm not saying it's never happened, right? But I got to kind of push through, right? And so it's simple. If I allow a certain source in my life, there will be a certain outcome to it. Because influence is happening at all times, it's imperative that we take responsibility for it. I know this may surprise you, but I played baseball one year. I know. It was in Little League. It was in Little League. And we were, it, have you guys ever seen the movie Bad News Bears? Or basically, yeah. That's, that was our team, really. Um, so if you've seen that, then you kind of know. But we were the A's. I don't remember. I just remember we had green and the A. So we were the A's. And so I'm, I'm saying this because there's one thing that I always remembered from Little League. And um, they, they taught you, you need to be ready when the ball comes. Because a lot of time in Little League, kids are like this. And I, I, if I remember it correctly, you know, you kind of put it down like this, you know, like I said, I know it's surprising that that happened, that I was in a little league. But they, told, they taught you to be in a position to be ready for when the ball comes. And that's what it looks like to watch over your heart. And well, let me finish the story. The reason why there was only one year. I wouldn't say I wasn't ready for the ball. I don't know. I was, it was funny because this is how much I know about baseball. Um, I was trying to think of what side of the field I was on, if it was left field or right field. So I texted Danielle, and I was like, which side is left field? Is it from the batter's perspective or from the outfielders? And then she kind of taught me a little bit, and she's like, oh, it's going to be a good sermon because you're talking about baseball. I said, well, we'll see. So, yeah, I was in right field. All right. And the ball came line drive and it hit my face. And one thing I do remember, I know this is hilarious at this point in my life. uh, But the thing I remember was they didn't have any ice. So they had to use a slushy machine. And I thought this was the greatest thing. But all that to say this is even as a child learning baseball, The main thing I remember was be ready when the ball comes because it comes fast and it comes hard. I could tell you other Little League stories. A real quick one was I'm not very good at sports, at least I don't know, but I I was like, I want to pitch. And I just remember the coach just being like, I don't know about this, you know. So he let me pitch to make a long story short, but I was so nervous or whatever that I threw it so slow, like really slow. There was a guy in the church that was really good at softball, and I remember him coming over and trying to teach me for my big reveal of being a pitcher. I mean, I remember one time, this is baseball, I even threw it like a softball. So the umpire was like, just forget that one, go to the next one. But anyways, this is what happened. I pitched the ball so slow that it kind of threw up. You know what a changeup is? Maybe I do know a little bit more about baseball than I thought. So it was so slow. All these batters were, I got three for three strikeouts. And the coach was like, oh, my word. You know, this is amazing. The second inning, 
they figured out my strategy, apparently. It was like 17 points or something like that. So, you know, you got to know, you got to know when to retire. And so I retired pretty, pretty early. So how then do we, so the whole point of all that was, are we ready for when the ball comes? Are, are we in a position of being alert and ready? So how, how then do we take command of influence of things that we're unaware of? It's believed that 90% of the brain activity is completely unconscious. And that would be keeping your heart beating, digestion of food, processing sensory input, every thought or thoughts and reasons like self-talk, like your brain is talking to itself even though you, you don't realize it. So much of what goes on in our brain is unconscious. This also lets us know that much of the world around us is influencing us on a subconscious level. We must realize that we have the power to directly affect our unconscious reality, and we do that by commanding our conscious reality. So how do you deal with things that you're not even conscious of? You do it by commanding those things that you are conscious of. And I'll talk a little bit about that. So I directly affect my unconscious thought by how I command my conscious thought. This is why we're commanded to take every, say every, thought captive and submit it to Christ. Means every thought means you're conscious of it. You can't, you're not responsible for things that you don't know, right? And so when I say this, I'm not saying go back and dig things up in your mind. I'm just saying if you're conscious of it, deal with it. Meaning you have authority over it. So this is why we speak faith statements and command our body to come into alignment. We're not only addressing our conscious reality, but our unconscious reality. Like I said, our brain is doing 98, 90% of its job without us realizing it, but we, don't, but we don't realize it until it actually affects us. Have you ever been afraid and your heart started beating faster? You started sweating, your hands become clammy? Did you tell yourself to do that? No. Your brain did, right? So your brain was controlling you without you telling it. Like, it happens all the time, right? So a function of the brain starts to affect you in a way that you become aware of its working. So what do you do if you've ever been in this position? You talk to yourself, right? Let's say it's a anxiety or you're feeling the fear. You know, everything's going to be okay. You sp start speaking the word over your life. What does it do? It changes what's happening. Wasn't well, the opposite true? If you're in that position, it gets heightened, right? So what does this tell us? That our conscious thought affects our unconscious activity in our body. Have you ever thought, have you ever told yourself, I am just tired all the time? No one's ever said that. I am just tired all the time. 
Well, what's your body going to do? It's going to get tired. It's going to respond to it. Right? You know what? It's really the flu season. It's allergy season. So what are we telling our body? Except when it comes because it's flu season. You know, I really can't trust people. Just can't trust people. So what happens? Our body language starts showing up and people aren't as open because we look like we're rejecting people by our body language. And it's because I've been telling myself, I can't trust anybody. And you realize are the words that we say are very little of what or of how we communicate. Our body language, that's like when you talk to a dog, you can say horrible things to the dog with a smile and be laughing. And what's the dog going to do? It's going to wag the tail, right? But our body language is one of the main ways that we communicate. So why do we declare heaven's reality? Why do we identify with Christ's identity? Why do we decree his truth? Because it actually has the power to change things that we're not even conscious about. Come on. It has the power to actually change what's going on inside. God designed us in such a way that he gives us the power to steward our vessel. Psalms 103.1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is, that is within me. Bless his holy name. And I, and I was thinking about that one part of the scripture where it says, all that is within me. It makes me think that the, context, the contents of what we hold or do not hold is an act of worship. I'm going to say that again. It makes me think that the contents, who has authority over your vessel? I do. Won't. Yeah. The pastor has control over your, the content. No, you have control over, right? So it makes me think that the contents that we hold or do not hold is an act of worship. So every time I take a thought captive is an act of worship. Because why? Because I'm protecting the vessel that I've actually been given authority over. Bless his holy name, all that is within me. Come on. That every time you resist bitterness, you demonstrate a deliberate act of worship. Because it's not in here. I'm not allowing it in here. Or fear or torment. Every time you embrace joy instead of fear, we bless his holy name. Every time we cultivate a healthy heart, we soften the ground for a harvest of praise. And this is why this is a core value of giving light. Because we believe that we were designed to receive and extend life. See, a lot of times we think of influence in, a, in the grand scale. You know, Pastor Melody, change society, right, type influence. 
change governments, right? And that's all awesome and great and wonderful. But influence really starts in, the, in its most basic form is what you allow in and what you extend. And that's really powerful. So yes, we believe in changing governments and nations and affecting a society, but we believe it in a local sense of that we receive and we extend life to one another. And even in difficult times, this is our time to be those vessels of life and of comfort. So how do we steward the exchange of influence in community, which is a place of covenant? 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Say with me, God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So this verse clearly, remember how I said about that influence requires a structure? This is kind of showing the structure of how life flows in a kingdom culture or a kingdom community. First is God, the God of all comfort. So God is the original. He's the pattern. He's the source the kind of comfort that he offers, the love, the peace, the joy that he offers can only be supplied by him. So he's the source. This is something I can't manufacture. How many of you can manufacture the peace that passes your understanding? What is your understanding? Your mind, right? Well, let's drum it up. Come on. It's a fruit. It's a reflection of connection. Then the second thing is, who comforts us in all our affliction. So as we open up ourselves to receive the flow of life from the source, remember, who has authority over your vessel? You do. So it is then our responsibility to receive from the source of life. John 7, 38, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. In the new living, anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from his heart. But why is that? Because there is an acceptance of influence to the one who believes. Meaning to say I believe is saying I give you access to this vessel. Are you guys seeing this? When we say that we believe, it's not just a confession of our faith, it's an unlocking of our heart. Let's say that again. It's not just I say that I believe, it's actually saying, God, I unlock this and I give you access to it. And what's the result? Rivers of living water will flow. To believe is a permission of access. Let's say that again. To believe is a permission of access. The one who believes continues in this reality by opening himself up to heaven's influence. And we know that when God pours out, he does it to overflow. 
Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. John 14 or John 4, 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. His intent is not just to give you what you need. It's to give you abundance, to overflowing. So this is critical to understand why we're always promised more than what we need, because the excess is always for those that are in need. If we just go to God and God starts speaking to us and we cut him off and say, oh, I got what I needed. But he wants to do it so that you overflow. Overflow means that your mouth speaks and you begin to tell and you begin to testify of what God is pouring out. It's to extend that life that he's giving. And lastly, so first was God is the source. He has a monopoly on what he supplies. Second is he comforts us when we're afflicted. And then the third is, so that we may be able to comfort those. Now we become an open conduit for kingdom life to flow from me. So first is, I'm being influenced by the source. Why is that? Influence is coming in. I'm receiving life. And then the the result of that is, then I become the influencer. Why? Because now I'm extending that influence that I've just received. And it's not just enough just to meet our need, but it's overflowing that we extend it to those around us. We know that when our heart overflows, our mouth speaks. So the source, the flow again, God is the source. God pours out as much for us to overflow. And from that overflow, we exchange the life with those around us. A healthy kingdom culture can only be established when each of its members connect with the source of all life and in turn exchange the life with those around them. This is very, very important. Why does kingdom culture work? Because everyone is committed to connecting to the source. And then from that, we extend that life to those around us. So what does it look like? People are committed to connecting to the source and committed to commanding influence. Meaning I connect with the source, but then I'm also responsible to what I allow in. Because we know what we allow in will come out. A people that are connected to the heart in covenant They are open to the exchange of life between one another. You know how this works? It works because we receive life from the source, but then we're committed to one another to be open to one another to receive that life. Remember, it's walls to guard, but there's a gate to receive and extend life. The members are, can never be the substitute for the source. Why does this work? 
because I am not your source. Thank you, Reuben. <laughs> I'm not your source. It's like, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> I agree with you. It works because I'm not the source. You're not the source. You're not the source. You're not the source. It works because he's the source. And that source is never ending. It's a fountain that never runs dry. Come on. He's the source. You know, I can love, but I'm not the source of love. Thank you, Jesus. I can encourage, but I'm not the source of all encouragement. He is. He's the source. And that's why it works. Because in, in a kingdom community that's healthy is everyone their attention is on the source. And then from what they receive from the source, then they extend it to those around them. There is no church or community that can take the place of your responsibility to connect to the source of life. You know what? If you, none of you think this, but if you think I'm your source, you're going to be frustrated. And you know what? I'm going to be frustrated because I can't be your source. You know? I think it's great that we have an amazing worship team and God uses this, but this can't be your source for engaging God. It's through the week, right? Community. Community can only work when there is an exchange of life. When this exchange flows proper, properly, the life always leads back to the source. So when this works properly, even though I'm receiving life from Loretta, it always leads me back to him. You never really help someone when they believe that you're the source. This process can only work because God doesn't give you just what you need. He gives you more than enough. This is good. He, over, he fills to overflowing because your cup, if it's filled, who is it enough for? It's enough for you. And so if we're only filling up and we're pouring out, what happens? Burnout. Burnout happens because I'm only getting what I need rather than being that conduit of saying, God, fill me to overflowing. Fill me, get so connected to what he's saying, so connected to what he's speaking that you're just overflowing it and it's not, well, I'm just gonna give you what I've just received in my quiet time. But it's so overflowing that it just flows out of you. Influence at its core is relational. Every time you receive and exchange life, you engage in transformation of the world in and around you. If you want your influence to last, it must be rooted in relationship. How many of you had God speak something to you at the altar or whatever, and you lost it? or didn't produce the fruit that you first thought it would when you heard it. 
John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. How does influence last? How is it lasting? Through relationship. Are you guys following this? It's through relationship. If we want lasting influence in our life, we must couple it with relationship. First and foremost, the Holy Spirit, but also those that we are in covenant with. A mutual commitment for your success. What does covenant look like in a simple way? There is a mutual commitment for success. Thank you, Father. How do we command influence? We must first take personal responsibility for what comes in and then have a commitment to extend to those around us. Say with me, I have been given the power to steward my vessel. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just come before you. Lord, we are so thankful for who you are. We are so thankful for your love and your goodness and your compassion and your kindness and your joy and your peace. Lord, may we be ones that stay connected to the source. Lord, that that we realize that no matter what we face, we have a never-ending well of life, a never-ending well of hope and freedom. Lord, we just unlock ourselves fully to you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.